The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Nice. See, this is, this is nice because this is one of the common grounds that you and I have. I generally don't like 80s music, but we both dig the Eurythmics. Yes. And, uh, and you know, that was a hell of a way to open the show. It was. You know, the energy, high energy. was high. Yep. And, uh, and that is, without a doubt, one of my favorite Eurythmics tunes. It really is. Duly noted. Yes. Duly noted. I mean, I don't know if I got uh, favorites per se. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one's it's, it's definitely up there. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. high. It's high on the list. And it's funny because it is a departure from what you typically heard from the Eurythmics back in, back in the day. Right. And it was actually, it's, it's kind of funny, that very fact almost derailed the song. Um, for those who don't know, that, was, that came out in 1985. It was the lead single off the uh, Eurythmics album, Be Yourself Tonight. And uh, Dave Stewart, you know, one half of the Eurythmics, uh-huh. uh, he was looking for something different. He was actually intentionally veering off. He was looking for something like kind of R&B-ish. Gotcha. And uh, apparently wrote it on an acoustic guitar over breakfast one morning. Huh. And, uh, and, Tea and strumpets. Yes. <laughs> and uh, when he initially played it for Annie, she didn't dig it. Right. You know, she thought it was too much of a departure from huh. what they typically did. But then she wrote the lyrics to it, and I guess you could say the rest is history. Right. You know? And I got to say, the video for the tune is cool. It's yeah, very it's, cool. it's one of those little cinematic masterpieces. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It really is. And uh, yeah, a high point in the mid-'80s. Like I said, not my favorite era of music, but mm-hmm. that, that's definitely something I can get behind. That was, that was some cool shit. And from what I understand, Dave Stewart threw some of the best parties in Hollywood back in the day. So well, see, then there's that. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. right then and there, I'm worshiping the dude. You well, know? I, I tell you what, my friend, uh, not to get off topic or on a different slant, but get ready for a whole lot more 80s love because yeah. I have it on good authority All right. that in the pipeline, filming, even though I can't get... Confirmation of who's starring in it yeah. is a Boy George biopic. Get the fuck out! Probably really? the same vein as the Freddie Mercury and the Elton oh, John one. Oh no way! Yep. Oh, and wow. I think look if if they do a good job on that, how can that not be entertaining as hell? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> that you know, I mean, never liked Culture Club music much, yep. but he yep. seemed like a compelling character to yeah. say the least. And I'll just say, you know, he's amazing voice. You know, and I have a lot yeah. more appreciation for that band's music now than certainly I did. Way back when. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, and, and just that revisionist look, um, I do appreciate a lot of the talent mm-hmm. uh, of the bands during that era. Didn't like their material, didn't really like the songs that much, but, you know, there was some talent there. Sure. And, uh, and there was a lot of stuff going on, you know, in the underground, so to speak. I mean, that was the era of Who's Could Do, that was the era of The Replacements, that was the era of Jane's Addiction. Yep. So there actually was, contrary to com- popular belief, Good music that came oh, yeah. out of the 80s. You know, it just wasn't necessarily the mainstream stuff, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the Eurythmics were definitely a high point of that. Well, I tell you what, in picking that, shit, that song, yeah, would I lie to you? Is that a, a rhetorical question? Oh. Or do you, do you have an axe to grind? Oh, it's, it's a little sarcasm, John. And a little sarcasm. <laughs> uh, you know, warning to people who don't dig sarcasm, we're going to be high on the sarcasm, at least in the front end of the episode. And, and definitely the and, back end. Yeah, I'm thinking so. That in and of I'm itself is sarcasm. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the things I'd, I'd love to chat about today uh, is the vaccination situation. Ooh, uh, nice alliteration. In, in, in the U.S., the, uh, the ongoing uh, fight against COVID-19 mm-hmm. and, uh, and what's happening. And, of course, the disinformation that is being carried by my favorite, you know, bitch, I guess you could say, <laughs> social media. You know, morons. <laughs> you know, my, my, my favorite bitch to abuse, that is. And probably the people, gonna, unless they're behind yeah, the keyboard. <laughs> and I'm probably going to get in trouble for putting it in that context, but you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? Right. Um, just as a quick update for anybody who really cares, 
Uh, according to CDC stats, over 146, 146 million, excuse me, Americans have now had their first uh, vaccine dose. Okay. Um, that's approximately 44% of the population. Uh, another 103 million are fully vaccinated. Now, despite you know, how big that number sounds, in the U.S., that's only a little bit over 31% of the population. But the, the point that I want to get to is that, that front end, I guess you could say, were the people that mm -hmm. were very enthusiastic and very on board with right. the vaccines. And now we're kind of hitting an area where there are stragglers. Yes. You know, that's, that's when, again, the disinformation being disseminated by what I consider uh, a vile infection that is social media <laughs> um, is starting to take effect. And, uh, you know, some of the shit is ridiculous. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, you know, not necessarily as, as far as the, uh, the vaccine is concerned, but one of the big bullshit... Uh, rumors going around is that the new 5G networks mm -hmm. um, spread the virus. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the nature of the disinformation being carried by Facebook and Twitter. Right, right. And how could you be so fucking dumb? You know, it's at that sure. level. It's that, you know, of, of the sane people, not necessarily the sober people, but yeah. the sane people that are looking at this going, oh my God. When you, obviously everybody knows the worst thing about 5G is how racist it is. <laughs> But we'll save that for another show. Another episode. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go there in a, uh, yeah, sometime <laughs> down the road. Um, another big favorite, of course, um, of mine, you know, pushing the bullshit meter into the red once again, is the microchip implant theory. Switch me on. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's a little news flash for you idiots. If you have a smartphone, you've already been tracked, okay? The, the whole microchip thing really isn't necessary. Right. They don't need to do it. You know, you're already on the radar. They already got you, you know, so get past it. And please. I'm pretty certain that the majority of Americans really not worth tracking. No, <laughs> no, pretty boring <laughs> shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. As much as I hate to admit it, my life these days would be pretty boring to track, right. you know? 20 years ago, different story completely. But now, eh, snooze fest. Let's, boring. let's track what time Bobby and Susie got to the fish concert. <laughs> Ugh. But, you know, just to, just to wrap your brain around how disturbing this shit is. Okay. Uh, according to uh, January 2021 info from Johns Hopkins University, what they got back in feedback suggests that across 23 countries, only 63% of the respondents uh, are willing to, for lack of a better term, accept uh, the vaccinations from the virus. It's time for Ask Dr. Stupid with your host, Dr. Stupid. You know, which means, obviously, the other 37% are hesitant, you know. And, again, if you're way too wired into social media, and granted, you know, the isolation that came from the pandemic right. probably exacerbated this situation. Now, that figure right there, was that a worldwide or just an American uh, It's based sample. on 23 countries, so okay. it, is, it is to a great extent worldwide. Because I wonder if they asked people from, oh, I don't know, India, how they felt about getting a vaccination oh, Jesus, right seriously, now. seriously, I know. That country is being absolutely ravaged. You know, so right? for you idiot anti-vaxxers, take a look at what's going on in India and wrap your brain around that. Just be patient to interview them as they throw their families under funeral pyres they yeah, got set up. Seriously, you know. Jackasses. Yeah, no shit. You know, another another couple of choice uh, misinformation things going around courtesy of social media. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big one that apparently uh, people believe that the vaccination will make women sterile. No. No, man. <sighs> yeah. 
Though, you know, in all honesty, <laughs> if that were the case, would it really be so bad? Because the one thing this world has too many of right now is people. Right. You know? What, what was the, uh, from, uh, from Scrooge, the surplus population, or what was that? Oh, are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? <laughs> <laughs> but, sir, they're okay. starving. Good. Reduce yes. the surplus population. Yes. All right. File that one under <laughs> undercutting my point. But. <laughs> Another good one that's like scientifically impossible is apparently a lot of these idiots are believing that the NRNA component to the, vi uh, the vaccination is somehow going to change people's DNA. Okay, let me say this one time <laughs> loud and clear so we all get it and there's no questions. Scientifically impossible. Yeah. Can't fucking happen. But I saw in a movie where a guy got bit by a spider and it instantly <laughs> changed his, his entire DNA helix. I mean, isn't it, that how it works? It's funny you bring that up because uh, you apparently have as good a chance of that happening <laughs> as you are of the vaccination, you know, somehow rewriting your DNA. Sure. You know, um, just, to, just to put it in, in perspective... Approximately 8,000 people a day die in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the possibility um, that the vaccination could somehow result in your death, you actually are three times more likely to get hit by lightning. All right? Now, by lightning, you mean shot by a white police officer or actual lightning? Another topic for a show <laughs> down the line. Down the line. Again, all my counterpoints today, folks, are brought to you by social media. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> the bullshit factor is high. By yeah. the way, have you seen Kamala Harris's shoes lately? As she's I have Oh, it's the talk of the town. Really? Her footwear is just... The Let's get back on point. <laughs> it's a shame because I wanted to hear that. But anyway. <laughs> it, it, no, it's kind of funny. For the agencies, you know, the track the disinformation, and there's a number of them actually right now if you mm. Google them, um, they've come up with a term called the disinformation dozen where apparently there's approximately 12 sources of disinformation that are accounting for 65% of the anti-vaccination content oh, online. Oh, let's hear it, buddy. Now we're into the meat of... I know. How fucked up is that? You know, 12 people can cover 65% right. of the disinformation. Now that's power you can't buy. And that's, that's a massive amount of information, period, end of story. You know, there's apparently a doctor in Bangor, Maine... You know, who's circulating the theory that, you know, it, it will render women, you know, infertile. Right. And a couple of other gems. She's been cut off, apparently, from Twitter. Okay. Um, okay. And potentially Facebook. Um, it would be nice, you know, if she was. Um, <laughs> See, at first I would have said that's probably Stephen King under another, like, <laughs> ghost name. And he's, like, Stephen spreading Stephen King thing. and drag. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's apparently a very, very small number of people pushing this just massive, massive disinformation effort. And it, it really is preying on the paranoia and insecurity of people. Right. You know, another big one, apparently, is that the government is somehow concealing deaths from the vaccine. Oh, Jesus. And, you know, anybody, anybody that's, you know, not a fucking halfwit right. should know that the U.S. government isn't really good at concealing much of anything. No. And why would they inflate numbers of the infected and yet decrease the number of people yeah. that are dying from it? Yeah. Just, I know. Uh, I know. And, and, you know, segueing from that, apparently another one of the big rumors, Israel has been so on top of their game as yep. far as getting their people vaccinated. Um, but apparently another one of these, these idiot 
friggin' social media rumors, is that uh, more elderly Israelis were quote-unquote killed by the vaccine than died of COVID-19. Hmm. And again, a little scientific fact for you folks. It's not possible to get killed by the vaccine. <laughs> it is scientifically not possible. Okay. Well, now we did have those five out of one million people that had clotting issues with the Johnson & Johnson oh, vaccine. Oh, it was, it was a lot more than one million. So, I mean, it was why, a lot more than one million. Well, yeah, I mean, but while that vaccine didn't actually take a pillow and smother them in their sleep, yep. uh, it did lead to complications which then led to them dying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, again, so, another, yeah. so uh, out of the five out of a million or more, yeah. just take it off the shelves. Yeah. Right. You know, this, this shit is, is uh, pretty much prompting the anti-vaxxers, right. you know, who are already a great pain in the ass already, you know, and responsible for measles outbreaks and, yep, and yep. whatnot over the last decade. Uh, they're going apeshit. They're going crazy with this stuff. I wonder how many people per year die from peanut allergies. Yeah, that's a good question, and I'll bet it's a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. Just call it a theory, you know? But yeah, again, scientific fact for you folks, odds of dying after getting the vaccination um, are almost non-existent. Non-existent. You, m you might get ill, but the idea that you might die, again, you're three times more likely to get struck by lightning. Hmm. You know, it's just... And, and it's funny, because another thing these, these uh, anti-vaxxers are doing... And it's, it's kind of cool. It, it has been uh, labeled as lying through truth, all right? <laughs> is they want to grab anybody that died shortly after getting vaccinated oh, yeah. and pin it on the vaccine, even yep. though it had nothing to do with it. And this, this whole movement, if you will, uh, actually just focuses on three people, a doctor in Florida, uh, a woman in Utah, and of all people, the late Hank Aaron. Really? Yeah. Hank apparently got vaccinated two weeks later, had a stroke, and died. Right. And the anti-vaxxer shitheels are going, aha, uh -huh. oh, you know. Boy. Yeah, it's their aha moment, you know. But folks, you know, it, it, to just drive this point home, you know, to just destroy all this disinformation, um, our own Johnny Teflon <laughs> is, now, as a horse. Is, is now fully <laughs> vaccinated. He's had not one but two shots. And I am here to personally testify that, as far as I can tell, he is still alive and well. I returned breathing. from the opposite side of the river sticks. You know, he came back. <laughs> he came back from the dark side. We had a few drinks. Johnny, tell it. Tell, tell us what it was like. Tell tell the tell the Riffs and Rants audience. Well, I tell you all what, about it. I'll give you the, 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 the straight skinny. I go in for the first shot, and they gave me that that basic warning oh you might yeah, feel a little soreness is that yeah nothing i mean First the only shot, thing yeah. i felt was the juice coming out of the needle into my arm because i'm a little sensitive like that sure but nothing else no soreness no nothing okay so a month later i go back to get my second shot and okay. based on what no, it did take 30 days to line up the second one yes yeah. solid 30 days and okay. uh i guess without giving them a shameless plug i went through cbs okay okay now was that mandated the 30 days or was was that just as soon as you could get another keep appointment? It four weeks. That's what they suggest. Okay. So it might be a couple of days north or south right. of that. All right. So I go in for the second one, and my very first observation, let me tell you, is that it was a lot less crowded this time. Interesting. Than these. Yeah. It seems and they like, were all second shotters that yeah. were there that particular day. It seems like that's that's primarily where we're dropping the ball is the follow-up yep. shot. Yeah. So based on everything that I had read and heard on my own, people were just getting anything from like a little little wooziness, a little out of sorts, to actual symptoms of the flu the okay. next day. But basically, smart money was on, take a nap, drink plenty of water, and have yeah. some Advil or Do a little Tylenol ibuprofen, already. yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So I went in with that mindset, got my shot, uh, let's say noon on a Sunday. Okay. Came home, immediately passed out, had a nice nap, woke up around five, feeling a little out of sorts. Okay. How about a nice, greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? By the evening time, it's time to go to bed. Now I'm feeling a little achy. Okay. Okay. After a very long, topsy-turvy kind of night... I wake up Monday morning with what feels like the full-blown flu. Okay. And I never saw it coming. All right. Uh, Now, the flu and not, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Right. I mean, put it this way. It was worse than what I expected, but I expected something. Yeah. And, you know, growing up as a kid, I was always sick. So I guess I'm immune to that whole panic response if I'm not feeling 100%. Sure. So I'm like, all right, well, here it is. They, They warned me. Let me keep drinking, taking my Advil. And... Yeah, it was it was a little north of of uncomfortable. Let's okay. say all right. the chills, which I mean, feel like I had like a pseudo fever. The aches, uh, my hips especially. Yeah, and I'm a big boy, but I was walking around the house like I weighed 500 pounds of lead. No, you sure. know, all right. And it lasted the entire day. Yeah. I had a lot of other stuff for my other life that I had to take care of. I had to postpone it. Okay. Um, and then by the following morning, for all intents and purposes, other than feeling a little drained. I was back to normal. There we go. And then by Wednesday, completely normal. All right. I didn't need to go back to the doctor. I didn't need to take any drastic measures. All I did was rest up as much as I could, kept drinking water, kept taking Advil. Simple as that. Okay. At any point, did you feel like you were about to die? No, no, uh, no near-death experiences. I think <laughs> I think it scared the puppy a little bit because she didn't right. leave my side the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Well, bees are sensitive. She's sensitive a sensitive gal. Trooper. She's yeah. a trooper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, all right, this giant wad that feeds me is not feeling too well. I better <laughs> stick by his side, or it's going to be a replay of Gerald's game in here. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, there you have it, folks. There you, you know? have it. I mean. You know, you you yeah. It's it's pretty much common knowledge that on the the second dose, that's where people are feeling, you know, a reaction. But right. that's your immune system kicking in. That's your yeah. immune system stepping up. It's like the old dandruff commercial. Oh, it's tingling. That means it's working, <laughs> and it, it's the truth. Now, yeah. if, if I came out of this, honest to goodness, and I felt nothing like when I got the first shot, yeah, I think I would be skeptical. Like, I mean, I didn't. Shouldn't I feel something if they injected me with? Venom, basically. You yeah. Know. Well, you know, that's the funny thing is a lot of people are under the misinformation belief that getting the vaccine could potentially give you COVID. Right. The fact of the matter is in the three vaccines that are currently active in the United States, there's no live COVID, uh, I don't know what the, what the word is, culture, yeah. yeah, in any of them. You know, there's, there's, there's things in there that are meant to mimic. Right. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, and again, scientific fact for what it's worth, you can't get COVID from the vaccine. Right. You and just can, can't. You know, maybe I was at ease because I got allergy shots as a teenager. Yeah. And for years I got these. I probably got like a six-year straight run. Essentially, yeah. at the end of it, cured me of all my allergies. Yeah. Okay. But in if I went once a week for six years straight... At the end of every single shot, I had to sit in the office for 10 minutes, and the doctor would come back out and check on me to see if I had a reaction sure. or not. Oh, yeah. And they did the same thing at CVS. They have you wait 15 minutes just to make sure there's no you know, ill effects. Right. But in the case of an allergy shot, you're getting a dosage, however minute, of everything you're allergic to to build up an immunity. To kick your immune just system Just like any vaccination, yeah. right? 
And some days, for whatever reason, yeah, my arm would blow up like a golf ball. And I'm like, what the heck? It, it didn't hurt. It wasn't the end of the world. It would, yeah. it would subside after a couple hours. But this is how they, they track your progress. And I knew that, well, yeah, this is because they're injecting me with everything that I'm allergic to. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Oh, yeah. Well, I went through a similar thing when I was a little kid. I was uh, apparently allergic to yellow jacket okay. venom. Yeah. You know, I found this out by stepping on a yellow jacket uh, nest. <laughs> that solved and, that. And getting <laughs> getting sworn, uh, swarmed. But I, I think to this day, I never did a never did a 40-yard dash quicker right. than when that swarm was on my ass. <laughs> you know? And same thing. When whole went through the whole desensitization process, you know, I had to go to a doctor, get a shot in the arm. You'd sit there for 10 or 15 minutes. I'd get a bump or two around where the shot was. Right. And the doctor would be like, yeah, you're fine. Go. Yeah. You know, I did this for a couple of years, and then they were like, okay, don't come back. Right. You know, it's the same scenario. You know, but nobody freaked out about, you know, that, you know, particular procedure. Because back then, we There was we no social told. media. Right. <laughs> no. A doctor it was somebody you listened to because they went to school for 10 to 12 years. Yeah. You know, not some bullshit, you know, know. unnameable person online that says, by the way, <laughs> well, that's aliens controlling yeah. us. And monkeys are going to fly out of your ass, right. by the way. That's the funny thing that nobody, you know, none of these idiots seems to realize is the people that are making these pronunciations and these diagnoses and whatnot, right. you know, are all unqualified to do so. Yep. Not a single one of them has the experience or the degree or, you know, the, the acumen, the professional acumen to make these calls. And yet they're making them. And, you know, there's a want-to-believe crew out there. Right, right. You know, probably were big fans of X-Files back in the 90s. You remember the tag, I <laughs> yep. want to believe? Yep. And I will qualify that by saying I love the X-Files. I was huge <laughs> on it. But, uh, but, you know, didn't veer off into this level of paranoia and insanity. Yep. You know? We've gone from a society that simply wouldn't listen to their parents because they were uncool. Yeah. The people that love us the most in the entire universe would give us good advice and we'd like... Fuck just, you. Yeah, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure exactly. it out myself. Thanks. But yet we'll listen to these faceless idiots yeah. online and we're like, well, that sounds like it makes sense. you know? <laughs> know. Because if you're looking for somebody in this universe to agree with you, yeah. you will find it online. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and it, it begs the question, how the fuck did we get so gullible? When did this happen? Literally, literally. You know? I mean, I guess there's like, I don't know, uh, some perversion of the cause and effect thing where you have this belief and you go looking to verify. You have this paranoid fear. You hear me talking, hillbilly boy? And, you know, you're People listening for a dog whistle will find one. And they'll hear it. They'll hear the call. Yeah. And, you know, just just to qualify, you know, what we've been saying, there are... You know, some rational fears. We don't know what the long-term effects of this virus may potentially be. Correct. You know, there hasn't been time to gather that kind of data. But the fact of the matter is the threat is in your face right now, yep. today. And, you know, sometimes in this life, you got to roll the dice, take a chance. And personally, I believe every time I get up in the morning and I get out of bed, I'm rolling the dice and taking <laughs> a chance. You know? Now, maybe that's just the way I've lived my life, but, right. you know... I mean, you walk outside, you could, you know, again, euphemistically get hit by lightning. I've seen plenty of cartoons where a guy walks out his door and a safe falls on his head. No shit. There's always a threat of a falling safe. In in the world of Warner Brothers and Bugs Bunny, that shit happens. It's a death trap. All the time. (laughs) All the time. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven. It hasn't. So anyway, I have vented my spleen. Wow, I mean, good I stuff. Feel a lot better. Definitely enough to help you sleep with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that off my chest, John. 
Thank you for participating. Of course, and of All course, right. yeah, everyone should know that was uh, that was a meaty Michael Sean Lee <laughs> segment because we we came at the table today with well, here's what I got. What do you got? And uh, I I I bent the knee because yeah. I thought he had a lot of stuff. He has a little charts and data and whatnot. And uh, I had a little something up my ass today. Sure, you know, but sure. we call the show riffs and rants for a reason, right? You know, and and occasionally we we do we do go off on a rant or two. Sure, so some days the gummy bear it's look it's licorice. You just got to eat it. You got to deal with it. This is true. So this on that true. note, as we dig ourselves out of yes. the mid show trench, I'm even giving you the reins yes. on the middle gem. Well, that'll give you an idea how much I was ranting when I came into the door <laughs> of the studio today. Just give him something it's to like, shut up. Okay, yeah, I'll give you two gems if you just shut the fuck up. So, yeah, I took advantage of that. I jumped on that. Um, uh, this is a little sarcasm, I got to admit. This is, this is kind of fun because uh, I'm a big fan of the band U2, always have been. But I will say they are mostly a very earnest band. Very, very rarely do they get sarcastic. Right. But in this particular case, I, I, I think they did, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, this is a song that, uh, that came off of uh, their... Seminal album, Acting Baby. Uh, this is a song called The End of the World. The End of the World. That's oh. it, folks. Good tune. We're going to play it for you right now. And we'll be back, of course, in a couple minutes with some more things and stuff.
much better now. That is a good U2 <laughs> song. It is. Yes, yes. I'm not a huge U2 fan. There are yeah. definitely songs that there's in their ginormous catalog yeah. that I gravitate towards, yeah. especially like a lot of the older stuff. Yeah. However, um, I, I, I find um, Elevation to be a very, you know, yeah. enlightening no, song. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, I mean, more often, like I was saying, you know, U2's earnestness. Yes. You know, I mean, yes. I, was, I saw them back in 84 for the first time, and they were so earnest. Right. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I like Until the End of the World. And right. I want to clarify, that's the official title of the song, so little Myra Breckenridge doesn't blast <laughs> us for screwing that up. Goldstein. And by the oh, way, you're going to hear I? from her later on, oh, but we'll, no, we'll save that. God. Well, I hope yeah. it was you and not me that screwed up this time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Until the End of the World was the fourth track from their 1991 monster, monster album, Actung Baby. Mm-hmm. And that, that year, 1991, was just a monstrous year for music in general. I mean, other albums that like changed the course of popular culture that year uh, that were released include Pearl Jam's 10, uh, Nirvana, Nevermind, Guns N' Roses did their two Use, Use Your Illusion albums. They both yep. came out then. And more importantly, I was learning how to drink. Were you really? Yeah. All right. That makes it a good year. Uh, R.E.M. Out of Time came out that year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of vaguely remember 91 because I was probably drinking heavily at that point, too. Right. But, uh, but that was just an amazing year for music. It really was, and again, changed changed the course of, of popular culture. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, that that fit in perfectly with what was going on at that right. time. It really. And was. also at the time was uh, making my foray into the world of MMA. Were you really? Yeah, I took a lot of shots to the head, so that probably went hand in hand with the drinking. <laughs> I wonder why I don't remember laughing. It, it makes sense. It does. <laughs> it makes sense. You know, but uh, but you know, since the first half of the show was you know my rant. Um, yeah. and, and, and I felt good. I felt purged. I felt, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Um, I don't know. I just felt better. Right, uh, right. I, I feel compelled to cede the floor uh, to Johnny huh. Teflon. Interesting. Um, because I, I, I suspect you have a rant in mind, you know, I, given, I do, given but, our uh, pre-show conversations today. You know, I'm not as open-minded as you. I'm not looking to change the world. This is just one of my many, what? Tasks of Sisyphus that I'm trying to take. <laughs> it's never going to amount to any kind of change. All right, we'll roll the miserable. boulder anyway, John. All right, Let's go for enough. it. All right. Um, what's up? Uh, what's what's up your ass today? Well, I tell you what, we had a little thing this this weekend, a little yeah. sporting event. Okay. Called the Kentucky Derby. Yes, is depraved and decadent. I do believe. According what, to according to Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, okay. Yeah, the late <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes uh, my, my character doesn't completely jive within itself. There's things okay. you would expect me. Like, for example, an easy one. I'm a Republican, but I'm uh, pro-choice. Yep. It doesn't really jive, but look, this is the real world. Well, we no, but you are an intelligent human being, so that makes sense to here me. Here and there, anyway. here and there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an animal lover. Okay. okay? Uh, and I will freely admit that, not any time recently, but in the past, I've, I've bet on uh, dog racing. I okay. found it very exciting. All right. It was more that I was just into the gambling aspect than the little. Sure. Um, but something that's always kind of stuck in my craw <laughs> is horse racing. Here it comes, folks. And I don't understand why, you know, let's say, for example, there's a push to outlaw boxing. Okay. There's a push to outlaw professional football, okay, yep. because of head injuries and yep. the barbarity of the game. Oh, absolutely. Yet we're still breeding animals, loving, intelligent 
animals yeah. for the express purpose of lining our pockets with money as they race against each other on an artificial surface, okay. let's say. Okay? okay. Now, that right there is just not natural. Okay. Now, I know they call horse racing the sport of kings. It's been around since easily colonial times. Sure. It's rich in history and, and of course, as we see this weekend, pageantry. Yep. But there's something about it that I just say, you know what? In this woke society that we're in, <laughs> can somebody please stand up for the fucking horses? You hear okay? this, woke folks? The horses. The it's horses. the fucking horses. It's Come all on about now. the horses. So yes. I, uh, I, I, I put some thought into it, and maybe we could salvage it if we kind of just switch things up a little bit um, and add a couple things to the race to kind of... Kind of modernize it, you know, and, right. and, and take some right. of the edge away from the, the do or die approach yeah. of you got to win, otherwise you're going to get turned into glue kind yeah. of thing. Right? Well, you know, in all seriousness, you know, I was joking around, you know, the Kentucky Derby is, is depraved and decadent was the title of a Hunter S. Thompson uh, article they wrote for Rolling Stone years and years ago when he was establishing himself as a writer. But the fact of the matter is that is true, yeah. you know, and there's something about... I mean, I'm not huge into horse racing. I'm not huge into dog racing. I'm not huge into gambling. Like I said, I always figure getting out of bed in the morning is a big enough gamble for me. <laughs> but uh, True story, folks. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but there's something about the Kentucky Derby that just strikes me wrong. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's, and it's gotten very... I mean, it's always been popular, but yeah. really over the last 10 years... Probably because of professional athletes like, let's say it, Tom Brady. Okay. And others, you know, yep, showing yep. up to this event, Aaron Rodgers and his funny hat. Yeah. They, they're making it a very in vogue thing to attend. Or now people are just having Kentucky Derby parties like in their backyard. Yeah. Which it's, is it's pretty much worse a, than a gender reveal party on yeah. the hierarchy of, of, of things. Yeah, it's a thing. Right. But before I get serious, let's try and keep it. Keep it light. Observationally yeah, right, light, yeah, right? Yeah, like, right? Like we're in a balloon. Yep. And here's three things I would do immediately to kind of switch things up a little bit. All right. Uh, so the first thing is, you know, you see all these these ladies in the stands, like they're going to a royal wedding with these stupid yeah, fucking hats Yeah, I know. And What's right? up with that? It's a fucking horse race, man. Right. But I say, you know, why stop there? I think the horses should wear ridiculous hats as well. Nice. I don't care if it's like that construction worker beer hat with the two holders and a straw into its mouth. Yeah. Or maybe a nice sombrero. Yep, okay, yep. that doesn't really say speed, though. Sure. Um, but a motorcycle helmet, you yeah. know, something fun for it the horses. It would seem to indicate some consistency between the idiots in the stands. Exactly. And what's going on on the and track. The, and the silk-clad leprechaun that, that's, that's riding their back, or, or a heroin <laughs> twink, or whatever the fuck it is, okay, whipping the poor animal. Oh, just, uh, yeah. I'm Here gonna, we go. Here woo, we go. I'm trying to keep it in second gear, folks. Johnny Teflon's on. kicking it in, folks. All right. Now, here's another idea I had. Speaking right. of the silk-clad leprechaun on their back, Yes. Every hundred yards, okay, yep. picked at random now out okay. of the field of, I believe it's nine horses for right. the Kentucky Derby. Yep. Yep. Every hundred yards, one of the jockeys gets an electric shock up his ass. I like it. See? Yes. It adds a whole new dynamic. That's Absolutely. something for the color guys to talk about. Or, well, do you think uh, Skinny McDickSucker is going to get it this time? <laughs> or Jose De La Balsack? <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Let's just wait and see what happens. Oh, there he goes. And maybe, I mean... Maybe we'll see the jockey fly off the, the back of the horse, yeah. which I think should, A, disqualify that horse immediately, absolutely, but also buy him another couple of years of life with like a feed bag on his face because he's done racing. Yeah. That's like a it jackpot. Adds, it adds an X factor to so the So the race. horses are rooting for the electronic shock, absolutely. too. Absolutely. Again, keeping the horses involved. In of this. course, yes. All right, here's another one. Now, 
They always show that one trainer, and I believe his last name was Balfour, but I'm not 100,000% positive. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's I know he's the one that tries to look like Ralph Lauren with yeah, his white hair and, and his denim on prick. denim. Yeah, right, he's wearing yeah. his Canadian tuxedo. Yep, that's him. And he's always in the stands, like clapping, like, well, here's what I think of Christopher Walken from View to a Kill, <laughs> as with his top hat, like the, the Nazi uh, wonder child. Clapping and then hitting yeah. this little shock stick. Yeah, not the best Bond film, but still. But still, a great walking villain. This is you true. Know, him Absolutely. and Grace Jones on his, on his arm. Yeah. But yeah, this guy just sits there and shows no expression, and he's so smug because he's really the only horse trainer that the layman, in this case me, yeah. w- would even recognize. Okay. You know? So again, yeah. your, your, your color commentators, well, you know, he's, he doesn't settle for second best and he's oh, a Jesus. What get his ass out in the mud. So Agreed. since we can't do that, yes. I say when it comes time for these select champion horses mm-hmm. to either be put out the stud or in the case of the lady horses. That does pasture, happen, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I say first thing you do, you grease up the owner, you dip him in pheromones and let nature run its course. I like it. This I way like it. this way Rob Balfour can be really close <laughs> to those horses that he's trained since they were like little baby horses. What, yep. uh, what do you call a baby yep. horse? cult right shared I experience so. man shared experience share the love you you mindless just superior because again i live in fear of waking up tomorrow and being in i would say more of a twilight episode twilight yeah. zone than we are today agreed, right agreed. and there was something in all those old twilight zones that always kind of you you know don't step on the bug because tomorrow you can wake up and be the bug yeah, you know absolutely so maybe that's why I, I look at this horse racing and how everybody's so Ambivalent, and you know it's all the money at stake. Of course it is. I don't want to hear from these these veterinarians and the trainers and everybody about how well they take care of the horses. Let me tell you something. It is illegal to put down a horse in the United States because it is unprofitable or it's past its prime or whatever, okay? But it's not illegal in Canada and Mexico. So I had seen on an episode of, I believe it was Real Sports on HBO, where... There are adoption agencies around the country fervently trying to save these horses from obvious fates yep. when their winning days are over or they're just not panning out as a racehorse. And these giant caravans of pickup trucks and horse carriers appear in the middle of the night, right, down into wherever the horses are kept. They pick up the horses, money's exchanged, and then they scoot back over the border to Canada or Mexico, mm, right? Yep. This goes on all the time yep. and people turn a blind eye to it and they don't show these horses getting just mutilated and sloppily inhumanely killed for dog food or glue and stuff like that are you listening woke culture are you listening seriously where yes. the fuck is the woke culture now i'm okay? telling you yeah and then another you know commonly held the fact which i was unaware of until i saw this thing was that if you look at american racehorses they're all jacked up like american athletes mm. Whereas if you look at Europe, which has a much longer history of horse uh, racing than we do, the horses are all much smaller, a little more lithe, okay? But it's actually through proper training and not pharmaceuticals. Interesting. And they also have rules in place where these these animals are not to be executed once they're they're hitting a losing streak. They find other uses for them, okay? And again, if you could do this for dogs okay with this massive greyhound adoption program yeah these little dogs make wonderful pets if you can get them out of like most rescues of that that herd pack kennel mentality the damage right and the misuse and, yep. and then the shock treatments and everything and just laying in their own filth all day if you could save them okay think what people could do with horses yeah 
you know, it's it's widely held belief now that's, you know, say for senior citizens, which is a little harder to pull off with a horse, but sick kids, you know, send them to little popcorn zoos and let the kids ride the horses. Yeah. It's good for both of them because yeah. the horses, they want to be around humans. They trust humans. They're oh, yeah. fully domesticated. And maybe, God forbid, they can see a good side of us other than just like, what are you worth? You oh, know? Yeah. Well, I had, had actually, believe it or not, horses growing up. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a shame but true. Um, did your horses wear sandals too, or did they wear iron shoes? Best of my knowledge, neither, actually. <laughs> wow, but, holy yeah, bohemia. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's kind of it's funny because, you know, I have sisters, and at some point, for whatever reason, God only knows what, they decided they wanted horses. And me and my late father were like, okay, now we have to, you know, build a corral and build well, a barn. Well, every girl and, wants a pony. Yes, of course, you know, it makes sense. So, you know, we had, there was... Uh, I don't know, you call it an agency or whatever, a barn or, or, or whatnot, that would have these horses in the summertime when they were popular for crowds and, and, and uh, farms and fairs and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that whole season was over, they would, I don't know if they rented them or they just, just you know, let them out or whatever uh, for the fall, for the winter, and then the beginning of the spring, and then they take them back. So there were a couple of, that, uh, a couple of years in that time period where I had horses growing up. And I actually got to know horses, and there was one particular Appaloosa that we had one year that was just it really, really uh, hit me in the heart, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it. But horses are truly noble animals. They're yes. a lot like dogs. Very they're, much so. They're extremely loyal. They're extremely playful. They're very yep. fun. And, uh, and they're not, you know, these mindless hulks. Right. You know, that people are constantly betting on and, and whatnot. And it would seem that they deserve a far better fate. You would think. Than, uh, than what it seems happens yep. to a lot of these horses in this, you know, late night, you know, put them on the trailers and disappear to Mexico. And thing. I always go back to, you know, one of my favorite horses, let's say in literature, yeah. was uh, Boxer from the book Animal Farm. George okay. Orwell's classic. Oh, absolutely. Skating yep. commentary yep. and communism. Yep. And, you know, you remember Boxer's one line he would always say, mm. I will work harder. Yep. No matter what happened, no matter what they put in front of him, until the day they drove his ass away to make glue out of him, yeah. I will work harder. And, you know, a horse, like you said, it's a majestic creature, but you look in its eyes, it looks back, okay? Yeah. And there's a kindness there, and there's an affection there. Oh, yeah. And, again, here we are, 2021, okay? Mm-hmm. We've already made robots that can run like dogs. Can somebody please speed this shit up? And just go full electronic horses and let these animals just live, live their lives. Oh, yeah. Well, it seems in taking into account the whole of this situation, we could do a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we really could. And this, my friends, concludes my acting like a human <laughs> segment for really the entire year of 2021. Yes. Now I can go back to my old self. There we go. And, uh, you know, look, if I ever catch you whipping a horse... I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, there you go. On that note, it's time for a third jab. I think we need one, John. Right. And, and I we'll think keep it lighthearted because mm, that's what I do. Yeah, most appropriate that this is a Johnny call, so let us have right. it, John. <laughs> so I will dip into my uh, heretofore unmentioned and seldom used uh, knowledge of country music. Oh, here we go. And I'm going to hit you all with a little gem from the early 2000s by a group uh, known as Big and Rich. We're expanding the boundaries on this one, folks. Right. And the name of the song is Save a Horse and Ride a Cowboy. I'm going to play this for you, and we'll be right back in a couple minutes to wrap things up. <laughs>
into the room Passing out hundred dollar bills And it kills and it thrills Like the horns on my Silverado grill And I buy the bar double round the crown And everybody's getting down in this town Ain't never gonna be the same Cause I saddle up my horse And I ride into the city While the girls are drinking Long necks down And I wouldn't trade old Leroy Or my Chevrolet for your Escalade Or your Freak Parade I'm the only John Wayne left in this town And I saddle up my horse And I ride into the city I make a lot of noise Cause the girls, they are so pretty Riding up and down Broadway On my old stud Leroy And the girls say Save a horse That's what she said in the back of my truck bed As I was getting buzzed on suds Out on some backcountry road We were flying high, fine as wine Having ourselves a big and rich time And I was going just about as far as she'd let me go But her evaluation of my cowboy reputation Had me begging for salvation all night long so I took her out gigging frogs Introduced her to my old bird dog And sang her every Willie Nelson song I can think of And we made love And I saddle up my horse And I ride into the city I make a lot of noise Cause the girls, they are so pretty Riding up and down Broadway On my old studly Roy And the girls say Save a horse, ride a cowboy Everybody says I'm not I'm not a huge country music fan by any stretch, but that was fun. That was, that was it fun. was definitely crossover esque. Yes. You know? Yes. And uh, you know, Big and Rich had a lot of fun tunes like that. Uh sadly, one half half of the group, um Big? Kenny Big, yeah, yeah. Uh, passed away in a helicopter crash, as I understand it, back Jesus. in, I think it was 2017. Ouch. Uh and Rich is now a commentator, show host, slash on Fox News. Oh wow! So again, okay. you would never see him, but no, I see him no. time to time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they do. They do fluff pieces about you know what they see to represent Americana. All right, um, but at least he's still staying busy. Yeah, no doubt. But it was definitely one of those songs that even creeped into my days as a DJ. Yeah, inevitably there would be some cougar and or milf wearing her daughter's <laughs> sporty blouse that would come up to me and be like. Stinking of boxed wine, yes. Of course. Uh, could you play Save a Horse and Ride a Cowboy? And like, 
try and bat her hooves at me. Yeah. Speaking of horses. Those big false eyelashes. <laughs> right. yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. My, my, one, it became like not a favorite song of mine, but now that I haven't heard it forever, it endears itself to well, me. There you go. The other one at the time that they would always ask for was uh, from Buck Cherry, that little tune called Crazy Bitch. Yep, yep, I do remember Because that they tune. thought that was like about them. You found me beautiful one. Honey, you got real ugly. And again, yeah. I would look at her just disapprovingly and say, ma'am, not even when you were 20. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was never a big Buck Cherry fan, pretty much for those reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But know. that one like, in particular was just so freaking horrible. Yeah. But yeah, fun song, and seriously, save a horse. Ride a stupid yeah, fucking cowboy. you feel better, Johnny. Or a, what, what did we agree on? A, a silk-clad heroin twink? No, Something, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> did we talk about We did. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of the show Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they did one episode where they went to <laughs> no. the races. And the interaction with the one character, Charlie, as he found himself in, like, the jockey uh, lounge, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So heinous. If you ever get a chance, America, watch that episode with Charlie and the jockeys. <laughs> it's hysterical. One of them said something to him. He's, he looks at him in shock. He's like, I didn't know you guys could talk. <laughs> And the rest is not suitable to repeat on the air. Yeah. So just watch the episode. There you go. Now, uh, two other points of note we're going to cover at the end of the show. All right. All right. You know, uh, I got an email from, uh, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. our old friend Myra Goldstein. Oh, God. Out of Sioux City, Iowa. Yikes. I thought it was Boise. Yeah, it's Sioux City, apparently. Is it? And she said, see, now, don't be all like yikes and defensive and everything. She's got no problem with you. Oh, really? She, yeah, she's correcting me. Oh, wow. In this okay. okay. And I'll, I will give it extra credence because I have to say, she's absolutely correct. That's the painful thing about it. The painful thing. Yeah. So she's, um, for those of you who don't know, Myra writes us from time to time when we uh, have an omission or an erroneous fact. When she's, we screw up badly. Yeah, she's very astute, like a little, little too astute. Yeah, yeah. And it used to be cute and we'd send her a mug or a shirt, but now it's just like, what now? Yeah. So she, uh, Immediately jumped on a, a snafu of mine in the last really? episode. Okay. Yes, God, thank God it wasn't me. Jesus, this time, okay. next time, yeah, it'll be it probably. Yeah, but uh, for those of you that might have caught it, I cut off my co-pilot as he was giving his top three uh, songs about doctors. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Inconceivable. And uh, yeah, for that, I tremendously apologize. I genuflect because that is just you just don't do that to a co-pilot, man. Top three is sacred. It, it happens, you know. It, it was it, it was these uh, these bang energy drinks and and, and yeah. the flavored vodka. I was oh, doing yeah. bombs for the oh, first yeah. time I was, in forever. I was slamming the five hour energy last week. Oh it man, I was hyped. You know, trying to trying to find that balance between you know the alcohol and the energy drinks. That's, sure, you know, sure. It's, it's not a perfect science. Yep. So fine. she uh, she drew that into stark contrast, and then uh, you know to be fair, she did also say, um, I, I I've noticed more. Got some words out of order here, but she says, I, I've noticed more as of late, uh, more cursing. Okay, yeah, that's definitely me. Yeah, oh, yeah well, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. She yeah. doesn't say which one is that, but she says, you know, my family and I listen together, so. <laughs> oh, no. So, grandma, uh, so. How totally irresponsible. Yeah, I, I think she is needs that? to go back to some regular schooling. So, I'm it says, telling you. it's like reading a letter from Tarzan. Sorry, oh, Myra. Jesus. Um, but grandma listens too, so that that why. Okay, oh, okay. so sorry about that, Myra. Okay. Sorry, Grandma yeah. Goldstein. 
You know, if um, I had the capacity to feel guilt anymore, I, I, I might know, feel guilty about that. That's the truest that, thing you've probably said in six months you, right man. there. All right. All right, so we have that. And again, to you, my friend, I, I apologize because that's, that's verboten. Uh, all's fair in love, Warren podcast. Right. And yeah. then uh, another thing we've never done and probably will never do again, on this show, uh, we never do individual shout-outs to friends and family for different levels of achievement and whatnot. Yeah, for very and, good reasons. Uh, yeah, and uh, up here in the New England area, several of my friends have had you know babies and whatnot, and I never stop to say, hey, you know, that a boy. I yep. do in person, but never on the show. Sure. However, uh, one of my lifelong friends in South Jersey, just today, as a matter of fact, yep. uh, his girl gave birth. They have a beautiful baby boy uh, nice. named of Alex Robert. And I just want to say to my buddy, Ashley, congratulations. I knew you had it in you. Power to the over 40 daddies out there. <laughs> and maybe there's hope for me yet. I'm still looking for a bride out of a catalog, but you never know. Yep. But kudos to you, sir. I raise my glass to you, and we'll take a swig. Absolutely. And we'll share a drink again soon. Enjoy fatherhood, my friend. Good luck, kid. And on that note... That's going to be it for this episode of Riffs and Rants. As always, I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.